Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Anthony Broom on a Thursday. We're going to preview Michigan against Indiana as we start the back half of Michigan's football season. Uh, we will talk about the Wolverines here at the midpoint. We'll talk about each side of the ball, kind of what we've seen so far, uh, and uh, touch on the Hoosiers, and then get into our predictions for this game. We'll also pick a couple games against the spread from around the country. Pretty good slate in college football this week. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like the video. If you hope Michigan goes undefeated for another regular season, so hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe to our channel. You get all of our content right when you pull up YouTube on either your app or, or the desktop. You'll get all of our content right to your front page there. And head to the Wolverine.com for $1 for your first month of premium access. But Anthony, second half of the season. We've had a busy week so far. How you doing over there? It's flying by, man. And and we wait all summer for football to come. And then once it gets here, you blink and it's you're six weeks in. And in a lot of ways, you know, we still have things that we want to find out about this Michigan team. We know that November gauntlet is coming. Another week goes by where you get just a bit closer to that. But excited for it. Uh, nice to be back in the friendly confines of Michigan Stadium. On Saturday, it's going to be a little ugly outside. It looks like, at least, you know, in terms of cold, rainy. Uh, thank God for the press box for that perspective. But, yeah, uh, excited to be back. And it's just another week where I feel like, not to give away all the state secrets of what the show will be like, but I just feel like this one's probably going to look like the rest of them have. Yeah, so it's, it's obviously kind of more of a boring game. So that's why we're going to talk a little bit more about Michigan specifically here at the midway point. But, 
you're right. Back in the big house this weekend, only one other home game after this outside of the Ohio State game at the end of the year, which I almost kind of put in a different bucket. I mean, it's kind of its own season, totally different feel. So it's just this game and then the Purdue game at the beginning of November. And then Michigan's on the road. Other than that, um, obviously, some big road games coming up. Penn State, Maryland in November, but Michigan State in a couple of weeks uh, before the bye. Let's talk about the Wolverines a little bit and just how dominant they have been and just a couple different streaks that I was kind of pulling up for an article this week where, you know, they've won every game by 24 or more points. Obviously, we know that, but I was looking, okay, when was the last time this has happened? Maybe it's never happened. Maybe it hasn't happened since the early 1900s. It did happen in 1992 when our analyst Doug Skeen was on uh, those Michigan lines winning five Big Ten championships. They beat Oklahoma State, Houston, Iowa, Michigan State, Indiana, Minnesota in that stretch. They go 9-0-3 on the season, win over Washington, now Big Ten foe in the Rose Bowl. And if they win this weekend, it'll be the first time with seven straight wins by 24 or more points since 1976 when they beat Stanford, Navy, Wake Forest, Michigan State, Northwestern, Indiana, and Minnesota. Michigan's not just winning. They're not just winning pretty big. I mean, they're winning in blowout fashion every week. We talked about it on Monday where J.J. McCarthy has attempted four passes in fourth quarters. But um, when you look at it historically, A.B., what comes to mind when you see just how dominant this Michigan team has been? Well, again, that's adjusted for the caliber of schedule, too. And so being that you're in the same breath with those teams, uh, you know, to me, is I won't say it's irrelevant, but I look at it more as – you know, we look at what the, the storyline with this football team is that they haven't played anyone. Okay, I get it. There, no one on there is going to shake, you know, have you shaken in your boots. You're not, you're not afraid of the teams you've seen so far. UNLV, hey, though. the go-go offense is working. They're what, 4-1 four four one. One this year? So shout out to the running Rebs. Um, but yeah, I mean, so much of it, and this is the conversation we had on Monday, where so much of it is what it's looked like so far. And, you know, haven't really seen this team break a sweat other than, the Bowling Green game where the only thing reason you were breaking a sweat at all is because of self-inflicted wounds. So uh, for me, it's just, it, it's, I think it speaks mostly to the way that this team is handling its business. I mean, this is a veteran group. A lot of the guys on this team making plays or that are in prominent roles were on the team in 2021, 2022. And, you know, they really are one game at a time personified. Uh, there might be little, little blips on the radar that come up here and there, but that's football. I mean, you chase perfection, but the fact of the matter is that within the prism of a 60 minute game, you're never going to be perfect. And when you are, it's going to look like, you know, what it looked like at Minnesota or what it looked like at Nebraska. So uh, for me, it's, it's a continuance of, of just taking care of your business. There's nobody on the schedule the next three weeks that uh, I think has the bodies or, the, the caliber of talent it's going to take to put a scare into you. And again, it just, you just have to keep attacking it and handling your business. And, and the narrative is going to continue to be what it looks like. You know, if you struggle against Indiana again, I know the, and, and that could happen this weekend, the weather's going to be a little, a little crappy outside uh, Michigan state's a rivalry game. There could be some weird stuff that happens there uh, both on and off the field as it turns out. And then Purdue has actually played some decent football at times. So it can happen. You always have those those games where you play a little bit uncharacteristically, but I think they've already played one of them when you look at that Bowling Green game. To me, it's just been business as usual uh, throughout the season. 
Yeah, so Michigan now at 18 straight wins in Big Ten play. Fifth longest streak in conference history. If they win a 19th in a row, which you assume they will on Saturday, is 33.5-point favorites, I believe. That would match the Michigan program record, which they set back in that kind of window there, 1990 to 1992. Um, but, yeah, very impressive what Michigan has done so far this season. And then the, the second one I wanted to talk about real quick is 76 to nothing in third quarters, just how dominant Michigan's been coming out of the halftime locker room. I, I think a lot, probably more gets made of halftime adjustments than really should be. I mean, it, it's a great talking point. They do make halftime adjustments and they do work. So you have to give them credit for it. I think a lot of it though, is just, you know, that this team as a team, you know, kind of knows that, that, you know, what it needs to do as it continues on throughout a game. I remember some guys last year kind of laughing about all the questions about halftime adjustments because they're like, man, we just keep playing our game. We just know that it'll click at some point. Um, and then you have to credit the strength and conditioning as well. But I mean, to not give up any points in the third quarter this year, and then you can't really take any stock in the fourth quarter margins because of the backups coming in in every single game. But uh, your thoughts on the way Michigan has really handled itself coming out of the halftime locker room. Well, they're, they're, the secret of football is that you're always making adjustments. You're making adjustments in game. You you go to the locker room, you collect yourselves, and you know maybe that's your longer form opportunity to to draw up some new things and get guys settled down. But the fact of the matter is that you know when we talk about the caliber of teams that Michigan's playing, is that yeah, I mean early on the way that Michigan plays, it's it's very much kind of a you know I don't want to say lull you to sleep, but uh, we talk about the boa constrictor, right? Where it takes time. It's a bit of a slow burn. I think these third quarters are just water finding its level. It's, you know, we've played two quarters of football. We still feel fresh. We have been the aggressor. We are going to continue to wear teams down and, and kind of dictate what these games are going to look like. And that's how you get 77 to zero because you have better conditioned guys. You have better players and you're doing what you should do to teams that, uh, that just don't have the, you know, the dogs to hang with you. So um, being that being what it is, I think that that's the biggest thing for me is that the reason these, and, and Jesse Minter deserves a ton of credit. The whole coaching staff deserves credit for keeping that focus for hammering home that, you know, always play like games are zero, zero and every play matters. And when you do that one snap at a time, one series at a time, and you're as talented and as deep as Michigan is, that's what third quarter should look like against these teams that, quite frankly, just, they, they, they just can't hang. That's the simplicity of what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's get more into this game, more on Michigan uh, as they head into the second half of the season. Uh, I did want to mention the weather, as you mentioned a couple times, but it's going to be rainy. It looks like winds up to 15 miles an hour. And we also have a very unique partial solar eclipse. According to NASA, the sun will be obscured by about 35% over the course of the eclipse in Ann Arbor. It will start just before noon, minutes before Michigan kicks off at the big house. It will wrap up around 2.20 p.m. So it's going to be cloudy anyway, so I don't know how much of an effect it will have, but it'll be interesting. We could get a light show for a noon game at the big house. What do you think? Could be interesting. Uh, my suggestion would be don't stare directly into the sun. That's not smart for anyone to do. but yeah, uh, if the sun's out, uh, that should be something that's cool. I remember a couple summers ago when we had that one, it was cool yeah. to step out on the back porch and check it out. But uh, don't look directly at the sun. That's the PSA for the day. Yeah, you got to get those special glasses, right? I think. 
That's right. So that'll be interesting, I guess. Um, tickets kind of coming down a little bit price-wise at the big house on Saturday. Before we move more into this game, I want to talk about our friends over at Prize Picks. Football season is back. We're at the midway point of Michigan season. There's no better way to enjoy the games than by playing daily fantasy with prize picks. You pick two to six players, predict if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. That could be for touchdowns, yards, all that sorts of stuff. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. All first-time users that deposit and use promo code Wolverine will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So if you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, they'll give you $50. Again, that's promo code Wolverine for a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. We made some picks this week as we do every single week. Anthony, I got J.J. McCarthy against Indiana. More than 217.5 passing yards. They've been torched by opposing quarterbacks this year. You know whether that's running the football. Uh, I think I forget which game it is. They allowed the quarterback to rush for over 140. One of their early games, and then especially throwing as well against Talia Tagovailoa, Maryland a couple weeks ago, 352 yards for him. So I got him there. And then Sam Hartman for Notre Dame. I got him more than 263 and a half passing yards against USC. I have absolutely no trust in that USC defense. So that's the reason there. Uh, but that will be a fun game, and we'll talk more about it later on. But what are your picks for this week? Yeah, I'm going with uh, Thursday night football. Patrick Mahomes against the Denver Broncos, who have been terrible defensively this year. This is the easiest pick of the year for me. I have more than 268.5 passing yards for Mr. Mahomes, and apparently uh, Taylor Swift will also be in attendance. So, got to boot. You know, that's another good boost for the Chiefs and Travis Kelsey, who I think will play. And then I'm actually for the first time in a while, I'm going to go to baseball. I've got Ronald Acuna Jr. and Bryce Harper combining for more. Then three hits plus runs plus RBI. Uh, pretty big game, elimination game uh, for the Phillies as they try to move to the NLCS. So uh, playoff baseball starting to heat up a little bit. Love the ALCS matchup that's coming. And uh, it looks like the, the Phillies might be on the verge of uh, punching their ticket as well. So excited for, for those. There you go. Mixing it up a little bit. Throwing baseball in the mix. I like it. Uh, so, yeah, they got just about every sport you can think of over at prize picks so that's prizepicks.com or download the prize picks app today use the promo code wolverine for an instant deposit match up to 100 dollars. again promo code wolverine um let's talk about michigan's offense a little bit um and then we'll talk about them going up against this indiana defense but i really think the offense has started to click a little bit more over the last couple of weeks it, it has coincided with the offensive line combination, the, the new one that they put into place against Nebraska with Ladarius Henderson at left tackle. You got Carson Barnhart swinging over to the right side. Jim Harbaugh praising his willingness to do anything for the team this week, talking about uh, how the apple fart doesn't fall far from the tree. His dad is a union worker that has apparently helped Jim Harbaugh with some, uh, some skid steering and a project up at his cabin, uh, which we wrote about this week. But I just think that combination has really started to click and maybe they would have anyway uh, with the other one. But I think this O-line as a whole has started to gel. You see the run game producing at a higher level. And then I think they have been more balanced than people realize. You look at it and yeah, they've run the ball a lot because they've had big leads. But last week, I think it was 22 run plays and 21 pass plays when JJ McCarthy was in there. They're letting him do his thing. And, you know, he's kind of the focal point of this offense at this point. 
Yeah, he's in complete and total command of this thing right now. And whether it be finding a guy to get the ball to uh, through the passing game, whether it be pulling the ball and running on his own, um, you know, he's still, you know, being a Michigan quarterback, you got to be adept at the good old, good old fashioned handoff as well. And by golly, he does that as well as any quarterback in college football too. So, um, yeah, I mean, the offense is just firing on all cylinders. And I think a big part of that is, you know, I think we're seeing that offensive line finally gel and come together. The tackle situation has kind of played out the way that I hoped it would, where uh, Ladarius Henderson is a better fit on the left side. Carson going over to the right side, kind of just, I mean, everything that ailed him on the left side, I feel like is the opposite on the right side, just because you're more comfortable there. I know he's a versatile guy, but it really is like doing something with a different hand. So uh, for me, they've, they've hit their stride there. I think the offense too, you know, there hasn't been, you know, in, in any other scenario, you sit here at mid season and Donovan Edwards only has 177 yards rushing. And that's, that's jarring, right? When you look at that on paper, but the fact that Kalel Mullings has emerged in recent weeks has been a huge development for this team as well. I think that, and I do think Donovan Edwards is close to a breakout. I think he will turn things around in the second half of the year. But the fact that you have that third guy now and you have Blake Corum already, who I think looks like his old self, but hasn't had to take on those, you know, 20, 25, 30 carries like he did, because one, you're blowing everybody out. And two, you are pretty deep at line or at, uh, at running back. So for me, it just, yeah, hitting their stride, everything looks good. It, it all starts with the quarterback. He's been a maestro. He's not making mistakes. He knows where to go to go with the football and the numbers aren't gaudy, but you know, the only stat that really matters is, is wins and the way that they move the ball. It's uh, you know, they're the slow. I thought I saw this stat earlier. I believe they're the slowest moving offense in America. That's fine. I mean, if, if if that's what it looks like and you're kind of just grinding teams into, you know, a pile of dust, I have no issues with that stats be damned. Uh, This is as good as, Michigan's offenses look to me in these last three years. Yeah. And you can see the upside, I think because of the quarterback play too. I mean, maybe last year, if you look at some of the numbers, it was producing at a higher level. And again, you, we have to wait longer to see not only the sample size go up, but also the competition when the starters are in the whole game, that sort of thing. But you can just see the upside with this offense, like third downs. I mean, how efficient they've been staying on the field there with JJ McCarthy, if he needs to extending plays, you know, you got the big tight ends. I think, you know, Colson Loveland, we all know what he's done, but AJ Barner, I think an underrated piece on this team. And then Roman Wilson, like when those plays do break down, when JJ's running around, I mean, he, no one's better at getting open than him. So just the efficiency of this offense, even with playing that slow. And I think that's that's probably by design with the clock rule. I mean, we complain about it as fans. I know that's died down over the last few weeks, but you know, I think Michigan's kind of using it to its advantage. And I will say as well, I think Sharon Moore deserves quite a bit of credit for what he's done with this offense in the first half of the year. You can see they're a little bit more willing to, when those teams are stacking the box, they're throwing it a little bit earlier, not only in games, but, you know, in a series, first, second down. Um, Play action numbers don't seem to be running it a lot more than in the past, but they do seem a little bit more willing to go to some of that um, earlier and kind of at different points when they need to. So I think it's been pretty crisp from a play calling standpoint as well. And then we've seen a couple, you know, creative trick plays too, that they talked about this week that, uh, you know, that they've set up. And I think that's a credit to this, uh, you know, this offensive staff as a whole, but especially Sharon Moore, Jim Harbaugh, the guys really in charge there. Um, 
going into this week, like you said, could be, you know, it'll be a, a weather type of game. So you got to, you got to play a little bit differently depending on how bad the weather really is. But Indiana, like we said, I mean, they, they got torched against Maryland. Their defense has not held up really in any of these games. They actually did a better job against Ohio State in that season opener than a lot of people expected them to. I will say the one thing about Tom Allen defenses is that they do throw a bunch of different looks at you, especially on the back end. They try to confuse the quarterback. So it should be, you know, at the least, it'll keep J.J. McCarthy sharp. I do think he's going to, you know, play really well. We talked about it with prize picks. You know, got him throwing for a whole bunch of yards. Um, you, your thoughts on Michigan going up against this this Indiana defense that has that has struggled? Maybe not as much as their offense. Like we'll talk about that has a new coordinator, but they have definitely struggled. I want to piggyback off your comment about the play calling really quick too. In that, yeah, it ahead. just seems like operationally, it's they are very much meat and potatoes. This is what we are, and there's some creative stuff they do off the things they do really well. I think they do a nice job picking their spots, and in the span of a game, you know, there's always going to be a play call you don't like or a play call or two you wish you could have back. But like you think of, you know, you think of the Philly special thing against TCU last year. I think we all that was what a Matt Weiss special, right? If I'm remember correctly, I think so. Yeah, because I guess he was running the red zone stuff. So. Well, he's gone anyway, so we can throw him under the bus. Um, you, you look at Maryland at Ohio State last week, and Josh Gaddis brings in his backup quarterback to run out of the shotgun on fourth and one. Like, there's not this silly, like, you don't see the silly stuff. And, you know, for as much as we talk about, obviously, our hometown Detroit Lions, San Francisco 49ers, I think Michigan's offense operates a lot in the same way where, you know, they're smart, they're going to, they're precise, they're going to do what they do best. It might not always look pretty, but, you know, also when they need to, to break out a big play, uh, they're able to do that as well. So I think there are some similarities there, but, you know, in terms of this Indiana defense, you know, we've seen them play Michigan tough in the past, last year's game, that first half, and there were some extenuating circumstances over that, but you still have to play the game. Um, you know, Michigan, uh, and JJ McCarthy it really turned it on in that second half. I think he figured out that Indiana defense. I think that they let uh, him throw too. I think they let him throw. Yeah, yeah, they that was one of those will that JJ McCarthy beat us type of games, and that's that was one of our first chances to see what that could look like. So uh, for me, it's again, it's going to be a little ugly uh, if the weather is what it's forecasted to be. But you know, I look at this Indiana defense and. They did a nice job of of kind of holding Ohio State in check, though, as the weeks have gone on. I mean, just something is just off about that Ohio State offense, and maybe it is their quarterback situation. I don't know. Uh, but too many big plays allowed against Maryland. I think that's something that Michigan will want to exploit. I think it's going to be another week where they're, you know, they just kind of gut it out on the ground and, you know, take their shots when they're able to in the passing game. And, I hate to keep using this as a refrain, but I just think when you look at the matchup and what I expect Michigan to do, it's probably going to look like all the, the the other ones have. Yeah, I agree. They do have a couple of decent players, a lot of six-year seniors, a lot of graduate guys on on each level of the defense, and, and guys that have made some plays. You know, a couple guys with a few interceptions. Uh, one guy, Andre Carter, Western Michigan transfer, comes in. He has twenty pressures already in the year. That's set uh, on the year. That is second in the big 10. Uh, and then I wanted to go back to, you mentioned that, which is a great point. The, the Niners and lions kind of run that same trick play Michigan ran against, uh, against Rutgers. And I thought it was interesting because someone brought that up to Kirk Campbell, Michigan's quarterbacks coach 
on Wednesday, and he said that's a Sunday project for him to kind of watch all levels of football, FCS, FBS, NFL especially, and they're kind of always looking at what other teams are doing. He said a lot of it is Niners and Lions, but but every team. But, I mean, Niners and Lions, nobody runs a you know better designed offense right now in the NFL, in my opinion, than those two, especially the Niners. But the Lions feel like they're – they're nearing that level, not to uh, not to talk too much about our our beloved four and one ball club, but um, so I thought that was good to hear, you know, from you know that standpoint, and then uh, really interesting that 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 they're doing that, and it seems like this staff, especially under Jim Harbaugh, has done that for many many years, given his NFL roots. But uh, I thought that was uh, one of the more interesting things that we kind of heard this week talking to some players and coaches. Um, Let's flip over to the Michigan defense. Um, look, we kind of talked about it with the third quarter stuff and just the the dominance overall with winning these games by such big margins. But the stat of the week, this one's from Max Olson of The Athletic, but Michigan has played 313 plays on defense, defense over its first six games. Not once have they allowed uh, an opponent to get inside the 10-yard ten yard line. They have not defended one first and goal it's insane you could say oh they're allowing too many big touchdowns they have had a couple <laughs> uh out of the three touchdowns they've allowed but this is this is really impressive no one's got inside the 10 so i guess we could say one of the unanswered questions is michigan's goal line defense we haven't seen it they have no game reps through six weeks that's insane <laughs> it's ridiculous three touchdowns in six weeks that's absolutely that's crazy i mean even Again, and, and you see like that Rutgers game, like you you just see how easy it is to, but you know, just have a busted coverage and, and for another team to score. And the fact that they've been that on task, it remains so impressive to me. Uh, you look at this Indiana offense. I think I saw they're averaging three point two yards per carry. If you can't run the ball against Michigan, if you can't hold up in a fist fight like that, you're in trouble. And that right side of the of Indiana's offensive line has not pass blocked well at all. I know there's been a lot of pressure that's come from that side of the line and the left side has done a fine job. And, and Zach Carpenter, their center, former Michigan guy has done a solid job as well. But um, yeah, I mean, it just feels like if you keep, if they have to drop back to pass to give themselves a shot, which it seems like that's what they want to do under the new offensive coordinator, Rod Carey. I mean, I, I just, that's playing right into Michigan's hands in my opinion. So uh, for me, that's that's where things are at right now. I I don't I, I don't know. I you know you you look at there's some nice size that uh, Indiana has at wide receiver, but other than that, I mean I just don't. There's some skill, talent in the backfield, but man, I just this Michigan defense might be the Michigan the best Michigan defense I've I've ever seen, and that's you know that's going back to you know I don't really remember '97, but that's going back to you know the early 2000s, the 2016. Uh, you know, some of the teams we've seen recently that Michigan's thrown out there. I mean, they're they're that good and they are that on it. And I have no doubts that they'll be able to to greatly limit what the Hoosiers throw out there. Yeah, in terms of my my lifetime and me remembering stuff, I mean, 06, 16, those two seem to be the standard when it comes to Michigan defenses. I think this is right up there. I think you could say you know, maybe last year, but you, you want to perform better at the end of the year uh, or at least the last game of the season. So. I agree. We'll see how it holds up in those games because I think that's really going to determine it. Um, but you're right. And then Mike Elston with some really interesting comments, I thought, on Wednesday 
talking about the pass rush. Michigan has 14 sacks. It ranks 45th in the country. It's it's not bad. Uh, they're a little bit lower than than their pace from last year. But again, I mean, you, you got to kind of factor in the schedule at this point. But he he seemed frustrated. And he, he did use the word frustrated that nobody's dropping back and passing on them. You know, traditionally, it's either they're max protecting or they're doing a lot of bootlegs, a lot of rollouts, you know, a lot of waggle type of stuff, or they are doing a lot of quick game stuff, getting the ball out quickly so these pass rushers can't impact the game, to which you also say that's how they're impacting the game. You know, they're impacting the way other teams are playing. And, and Mike Elson said that all these teams have kind of changed their identity each and every week, which is crazy to think about. And you even think about I know Minnesota did a lot of rollouts coming into the game, but I mean, how many straight drop back, dropbacks were there for Minnesota last week? And Michigan got pressure on almost all of them, So uh, that at least that I can remember. So that is a huge piece of what this defense is doing. And he said, you know, once teams do have to drop back and pass against us, then he feels that they're going to be ready for it. Um, and th that might be this week, to your point. I was going to bring up the same thing, so I think it's a, a great point. New offensive coordinator for Indiana, Carey, who has been a head coach at Northern Illinois. He's been a head coach at Temple as well. He won the MAC twice at Northern Illinois, I believe. So, um, and, and what it seems like from talking to Seth Toe, who uh, covers the team over in, in Bloomington, he was saying that really the best thing they've done this year is drop back and pass. Let Taven Jackson, their quarterback, kind of extend plays a little bit. Maybe not to the way J.J. McCarthy does, but he's mobile back there, can run around and make some plays. And that's not – they weren't doing that enough under the last offensive coordinator. Uh, and, that you know, he thinks they're going to open up the passing game a little bit more, to which I say maybe we, this will be the week where we see that Michigan pass rush kind of heat up a little bit. I think Josiah Stewart is playing his best football now. Uh, Braden McGregor, we saw him get a sack a couple weeks ago. I feel like all those guys are playing a little bit better, and uh, we could see the Michigan pass rush really start to get some more production. Yeah, and I forgot where I saw it, so apologies for whoever deserves the credit on this, but I think halfway through the season, Michigan's like seven or eight sacks off the pace that they've typically set under Jim Harbaugh, and, and you know that can water can come crashing back to to level in one or two games. You know if you're if they if they pile up on you and, and forgive me, but didn't they didn't they have like seven or eight sacks last year at Indiana? Am I remembering that correctly? That that sounds right. A lot of them came late in that game when they really just started to to harass Connor Bazelak. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if I wonder if this is a week for a, to to be a candidate for that. Get that second half of the season started on a high note. Um, again, it, it's. I think they have the talent there. I mean, Josiah Stewart is coming on. He's someone that should be a breakout guy down the stretch. I mean, we know Jalen Harrell's been terrific as a three-down defender. Braden McGregor, I think, has been more disruptive than maybe the box score would, would indicate for him. Uh, Derek Moore, I think, again, I have to go back and check. I think he's one of this team's highest-graded defenders, period, right now, certainly as a pass rusher. So, you know, they are disruptive, and they are getting teams – you know, to, to change the way that they call plays. And um, I think when you, when it's a fine line, right? Because when you don't have the sack production or maybe even some of the pressures you'd expect to get, but you're fundamentally changing what the offense's game right. plan is and knocking them out of their identity week in and week out. To me, that's all that's, I mean, that's worth its weight in, in pressures and sacks regardless, like if that's what the trade-off is. So um, 
I know that they have the talent and the depth to be as disruptive as as anyone. I mean, it, it's the depth, it's the athleticism, it's the the physicality. Those guys have been great. And uh, again, maybe this is the week f- where it all water finds its level in terms of the sack production. But uh, I mean, they they're super capable there, and, and really they haven't had to blitz or do a ton of exotic things to bring pressure either. Those guys are just getting the job done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this could be the week for that for sure. A couple numbers I dug up on Taven Jackson. So his average throw depth of past the the line of scrimmage is ten yards. That's the fifth most in the Big Ten. I think JJ's fourth with just uh, I think like ten point six or something like that. So he's right there. And then two point eight four seconds is is the amount of time he's averaging before he throws, which is uh, longer than JJ McCarthy. I mean, you know, they're not throwing a ton of quick stuff. I mean, maybe they will. And change their you know their identity against Michigan, but I think that they're going to let him run around a little bit back there. And the only guy that has really done that against Michigan is Doug Brumfield of UNLV, and he tried to extend those plays, but then the Michigan pass rush just got there. So I think we could see that. You mentioned the right side of the line; that's what Michigan exploited last year as well. He almost felt bad for a couple of those guys that were getting abused uh, in that game, especially late when Michigan really slammed the door in Bloomington last year. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much the Michigan defense against this Indiana offense special teams. Really quick. Uh, yeah, go I ahead. Look it up. It was seven sacks last year. Okay. So seven maybe sacks. that uh, maybe that number returns when we do a bold predictions piece. Hint, hint. There we go. I think it will then based on that hint. Um, good kicker <laughs> for Indiana. So, you know, we've talked about it and it's crazy that we talk about it almost on a weekly basis. But how do you avoid that shutout potentially? If you're a Michigan opponent, you have a decent kicker that can help. Um, he's five for five this year. He doesn't seem to have a ton of range. They've only attempted a couple outside of 30 yards, but he has made a 42 yarder. Uh, two of them have come from 30 plus um, there. And then in the return game, Jalen Lucas, a guy who really broke out last year, was first team All-American as a return specialist. He had two kickoff return touchdowns a year ago. Hasn't had any this year, but he's dangerous. Jim Harbaugh singled him out during his radio show as, a, as the first guy on the entire team that they need to watch. Um, so he'll definitely be somebody to, to keep an eye on number 12 on Saturday. Uh, let's talk about our predictions for this game. And before we do, we want to talk about our friends over at rogue shop, go to rogueshop.com. If you have issues sleeping, chronic pain or have anxiety or stress, uh, when you use the promo code, the Wolverine, you get 10% off your order rogue shop sells cbd thc edibles tinctures smokables bath salts pain creams topicals vapes candles and soaps they handcraft all of their topical soaps candles bath salts massage oils and tinctures they grow their own cannabis in their manufacturing facility out in wisconsin they all their products are made with cannabis their website which you can see right now on your screen if you're watching on youtube has a 24 7 chat function where customers can ask them anything and they're very responsive and they will, you basically lay out what you're looking for and they will give you the answer. And as we listed all those products, they have just about everything. So there is something for you over at rogueshop.com. All their edibles are custom formulated with cannabis, vitamins, and plant materials. They're America's number one online dispensary and health and wellness shop. They are a true small business. So go to rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E shop.com use the promo code the wolverine for 10 percent off your order 
Anthony, let's talk about some predictions. Who's going to break out and have a good game on offense? Same thing on defense. We'll start on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to go with Blake Corum. I think this is kind of the game for him, you know, maybe a little bit more limited in what you can do through the air, depending on the rain, depending on some of the winds, really 15 miles an hour. It's it's a decent amount of wind, but at the big house, it's it's swirling in there most of the time anyway. Uh, so we'll see how it impacts. But I just think Blake Corum will get going again. Um, you know, he only had, I think, nine carries last week. They've really been able to limit what he's what he's done. And, and they've kept the tread on the tire, as Jim Harbaugh has said. Um, I think they'll continue to do that, but I do think he's going to have uh, another nice game. Darn it. I'm, I'm going to keep pounding the table for it, and, and maybe it becomes the new Andre Anthony's the player of the game, but Donovan Edwards is getting in the end zone this week. Uh, somehow, some way, by hook or by crook, Donovan Edwards' breakout game this weekend. So you're already here first. He was so close. He was so close on Saturday at Minnesota. Um, for sure. He's definitely due. I mean, I would not have bet that he had, would have zero touchdowns in the first half of the regular season. Uh, on the defensive side, I'm going to go with Josiah Stewart to have another really good game. I feel like he's kind of hitting his stride here. He's leading the team right now with three sacks, you know, pretty spread out when you look at the sack production on this team. And we kind of talked about why the numbers maybe are a little bit lower earlier uh, as well. But his pressure rate in true pass sets, 18% at second in the Big Ten, leads the team right now. Only, I think, just over 50 pass rush snaps for Josiah Stewart. Uh, but he's made the most of them. I think we could continue to see him in those situations a little bit more. And I think he'll have, uh, you know, a, a solid game in there. He's also holding up against the run when he's in there, too. I think that's an overlooked aspect of his game. And then his sack last week, too, was, or, um, yeah, one of them, one of the two, was on a nice power move. Uh, you know, and you would think of him as a speed guy, but he's got some power, too, at, at six foot one, I think 245. So I'm going to go with Josiah Stewart to continue his hot streak. Hmm. I didn't think too hard about this one. Uh, this is uh, I'm coming up with it on the spot. Uh, let's go with uh, Mr. Clubhand himself, Mason Graham. I think he'll have another. It's a good pick. Another, it's a safe pick, but uh, you know it's the vanilla pick, so to speak. But uh, Mason Graham is incredible, and the fact that uh, we talked to Cam Good earlier this week, and he said, "Man, you know that uh, that club's a weapon. Like maybe we should all get one." It's just he's just so he's so good. I, I don't know how to describe it. He's well-rounded in his game, and I think that he's going to continue to be disruptive. So Mason Graham, for me, uh, another big week with that club on his hand. He's definitely the flavor of the week. I mean, the amount of times I've heard people, and I was saying, I mean, the whole trip home from Minnesota, Chris and I are like, God, can you believe Mason Graham? Uh, he, he was fantastic. We'll see how he follows up that performance. Also, with the club, he said it should get smaller and smaller as the weeks go on, so we'll see how that kind of plays out. Maybe we'll get a, you know, I don't know how you'd measure that, but we'll get some sort of measuring stick out there. Um, you know, try to try to get exactly the the dimensions on that thing. But it was really big for the first game with it on. Uh, final score predictions for this game. I've done it a couple times. Michigan has almost gotten a shutout this year. If those backups don't screw this thing up, I'm going 31 nothing. Michigan, uh, I think that, you know, the weather could play a factor in that way where I think Michigan can score more than this on Indiana. But I do think you know, with some of the backups coming in late in the game, it'll be a little bit tougher. Um, they'll stick to the ground. So I'm going to go 31 nothing, kind of a ho-hum type of game. They won 29-7 to against Indiana a couple of years ago. You know, it was kind of a, a boring game. I feel like it'll be 
semi-similar on, on Saturday. Yeah, a return to boring. And again, it's another week where if if it comes down to the the shutout for the staff pick, you and I are going to be duking it out. I have 31 to three. I think, uh, you know, they're, they're rolling right now. I think that with the weather, it's probably going to cool down some of the, you know, potential fireworks, but yeah, I just, it's going to be slow and ugly. The weather's going to be kind of a bummer. One of those, those gloomy October days, but again, it's just going to look like the other ones have. And, and maybe some people get, are are annoyed that it doesn't look like the Nebraska or the Minnesota game, but 31 three is my pick. That's a score very similar to, to basically what those first four games were. Um, but yeah, we will we'll sweat, we'll be sweating that out in the press box with the staff predictions. I think Doug Skeen won last week, so congrats to him. Uh, let's get into a few games from around the country in our last segment, No Man Knows the Future, and a few good ones. We also have a trophy game that we'll talk about in just a second. But number three, Ohio State at Purdue is the game we will start with. Purdue a 19.5 point. Home underdog over-unders at 49. I don't think Purdue's good. I've thought that Purdue is terrible all year long. I know they have played a little bit better. They've picked up their level of play, but I think Ohio State comes in here and wins that one pretty handily, covering the spread. I'm with you on Ohio State. I don't think they played well against Maryland. The score does not indicate how I saw that game going for them, but you know, at some point, if, if you're Ohio State and you want to be taken seriously as a legit contender for not just the Big Ten, but the college football playoff, you got to start imposing your will a little bit more. And I think they probably will this week. And then uh, ahead of next week's game, the big noon game against Penn State, a uh, huge pecking order game uh, in Columbus next weekend. But yeah, I think Ohio State covers that number. All right. And then Oregon, number eight in the country at number seven, Washington, Washington, a three-point favorite at home over under 66. Maybe the best, definitely the best matchup of the week. Probably going to be a really fun one as well. Potentially one of the more fun games of the season. I'm going to go with Washington at home. I think, it, you know, Bo Nix against Michael Penix. I think I trust Michael Penix in that great receiving core. Just a little bit more home field advantage. I'm going to go with the Washington Huskies. Yeah, this is tough. Uh, you know, essentially Washington's a three-point favorite. That's basically it's a basically a pick'em game if it were on a neutral field. It's not on a neutral field though, but you know when I look at it, I just think that Oregon's just a little bit better defensively. I think the talent's a little bit better on defense for them, and I think that's going to be you know in these types of shootout games, you got to get off the field or, or you know turn over the team in a, a critical situation. And uh, I think that Dan Landing in Oregon will be the team that does that. So give me Oregon. All right, and then next game, number 10, USC at number 21, Notre Dame. Notre Dame season basically dead here. Um, Notre Dame, a three-point favorite over under 60. Don't know what to expect. I mean, USC has – that defense is not very good. They almost blew that game last week against Jed Fish in Arizona. Something tells me, though, that it feels too easy to pick Notre Dame in this game with just the, the stylistic advantage, maybe they have in physicality home field advantage USC beat them by 11 last year. This feels pretty similar to me and how these two teams are, um, you know, maybe Notre Dame's a little bit better with Hartman back there, but that offense is struggling. I'm going to go with USC. Just for entertainment's sake, I'll go with Notre Dame. Uh, I just, I don't think you, I don't take USC seriously at all. 
as a national title contender, as a playoff team. I think their defense is still playing at a, a low power five to Mac level, which is, and that's just how Lincoln Riley teams play. So a um, little bit of a, a glimpse into what life in the big 10 might look like with a, a team in big 10 country, not in the big 10, but that plays like a lot of teams in the big 10. Will. so I'm going with Notre Dame. All right. I, I held off on this game cause I want to make sure we have the photo up on the screen, but Michigan State at Rutgers. Rutgers, a four and a half point favorite over under 39. Should be an exciting game. They're playing. You got to throw the records out, Anthony. When you're playing for the Situation Trophy presented by Axe Body Spray, you throw the records out between these two teams. It is going to be an all out brawl in Piscataway. Should be a really good, fun game with the over under at 39. Your thoughts on this game? Sorry, the trophy. The if you're, if you're, watch i mean it's just so off-putting and it's like a photo you can smell um you just smell how, how terrible that is um i don't know man i mean I, I could see michigan state winning this game leading to some uh false bravado heading into next week's game in uh in east lansing so i'll go michigan state i, I don't know if they'll win i think they will cover though and this is going to be a good old-fashioned big 10 slap fight yeah i had no clue in this one either i i'm gonna go with michigan state as well um, neither team's good. And I, I just, I don't know, maybe Michigan state can hang in and just not sure, just have no clue about this game, but it will be fun to see someone parade that trophy around the field after the game. And then the last one, Iowa at Wisconsin, Wisconsin, nine and a half point favorite over under 34 points. These are my top two contenders coming into the year. I think they were for you as well. AB in the big 10 West, it looks like Wisconsin's to lose at this point, especially with the Cade McNamara injury. Wisconsin with that nine and a half points that they're giving. I'm going to take Iowa. Um, it's just the Big Ten West. Like, doesn't seem to be a lot of blowouts. It seems like when you, you know, when the favorite's about to emerge, then somebody plays them close or beats them. So I'm going to go with Iowa to at least keep it within that nine and a half. Yes. Um, I'm going to go with Wisconsin, but when you that that over under plus the nine and a half looks it's mm, I wouldn't bet this game at all, but no, if I had to make a pick, I think I would say Wisconsin wins, you know, 24, 14, something like that. I think Wisconsin will cover though. I was just so bad offensively. Um, poor, poor Deacon was it Deacon Hill. I believe the guy's name just not ready for this at all. So no, not at all. Yeah agree so we'll see how those games play out should be a good slate of college football on saturday michigan against indiana noon on fox uh, you can follow all the coverage over at the wolverine.com also if you're watching on youtube make sure to like that uh like this video hit that thumbs up button as well as the subscribe button uh thank you for all of your support and we'll see everyone next time 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 madness is here Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. 
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.